Welcome to the Concordia Publishing House podcast, where we consider everything in the light of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm your host, Elizabeth Pittman. Welcome to the Concordia Publishing House podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Pittman. Today we're joined by Pastor Jeff Leininger. Pastor Jeff is the campus pastor at Concordia University, Chicago. We'll be chatting about campus ministry and how we, back at home in our home congregations, can stay connected to our college students while they're away from us, furthering their education. But before we start that conversation, I'd like to thank our friends at the LCMS Foundation for their support of the CPH podcast. Imagine a future where your God-given gifts continue to benefit your family and faith after you're called home to heaven. The LCMS Foundation can help you create a gift plan so that your assets, things like your retirement accounts, home or land, will leave a lasting impact on the people you love and the ministries you care about most. Learn more about creating your gift plan at lcmsfoundation.org. Pastor Jeff, it's wonderful to have you back on the podcast. How are you doing? I am doing great. I always love talking with you and uh, appreciate so much the work of Concordia Publishing House. We've enjoyed our partnership with you and your role as author, Callings for Life, God's Plan, Your Purpose. Um, And so it's great to chat with you today about, we're going to be talking about campus ministry and keeping our young people connected to the church. But first, as we're recording this, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and I see your students have had a little fun appreciating you. They have. They've they've done a large printed picture of my face, um, uh, including all the wrinkles of old age and and a bit of graying hair. And I don't think I even shaved that closely that day, but they put a beautiful picture outside my office door, which says, we appreciate you, Pastor Jeff. Um, So it's a little creepy because it's uh, two-sided and one one side uh, looks in at my office and the other side looks out. I keep just telling my, I have an identical twin brother. So I just say it's, it's my brother, Jim saying hi to me. Oh, I didn't realize you had a twin. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. almost like if there was one on the other side, you could have like the, you know, the angel and devil on your shoulder, looking over your shoulder <laughs> trying to decide which, right. which, which one we're going to listen to today. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with the good pastor Jeff today. I, I think the good pastor Jeff is the way to go. So, well, tell me, how are things on the Concordia Chicago campus right now? We're in, we're into the fall semester and students are back on campus. Yeah, we are in the swing of things. In fact, I uh, was just preaching this morning um, and I, I mentioned in, in, from the pulpit, so it's got to be true. Um, I think that this may have been, may be the busiest time, not only of the semester, but maybe one that I can ever remember. And it's all good things. We have our athletic teams traveling and competing our orchestra uh, just did a, a tour in the Fort Wayne area. It's homecoming week. Um, we had a memorial service for a professor, which was good in the sense that uh, Thanksgiving of his life and his ministry. And um, we had a wedding. Our deaconess just got married. She is now Deaconess Betsy Dodgers. And uh, so it was super busy, uh, all good things. But yeah, we're, we're, we're really humming up here in Chicago. It sounds like, and if I re- read correctly, Concordia Chicago has moved Deaconess Betsy Dodger into more of a into a new church relations office role. Is that correct? Yeah, she's still um, my deaconess. She's my mm-hmm. deaconess. <laughs> she's my uh, my associate in ministry, and still will be doing a lot with students. But she will also be uh, assisting in our, our church relations work to make sure we're staying connected to congregations and institutions and and supporters throughout the synod. 
Oh, that's excellent. That's it's exciting to see how all of the pieces are coming together. Tell us a little bit about what campus ministry looks like on the Concordia Chicago campus. Campus ministry is exhaustingly exhilarating. It is. Uh, I have been doing this for twenty years. I still have my hair. <laughs> it's my spiritual gift. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's, it's what I, what I still love about it is, especially at one of our Concordias, you, you have these incredible 18 year old students that come that are so excited and so open and you only get them for four years, but it's an impactful time for them. Their brains are literally still growing. When we think, when you think back to college, I mean, it's only four years, but it has such an impact on on you. And so, uh, the exciting thing for me about ministry is that I get to meet these young people, I get to help form them in the faith, and then get to send them literally all over the world. And so, what what could be more fun than that? So, it's exhilarating and fun, um, but it's also exhausting at times. Well, you have to keep up with the pace and schedule of college students, and that requires a lot of caffeine, <laughs> a lot of energy. I've got, I've got a cup of tea right here with us. <laughs> are you, are you finding, um, are you finding that there are congregations who are actively connecting their high school students when they come to college with you? Or is are those what are those numbers look like? Do you see that happening regularly, or do you wish that would happen more? Um, I do see congregations, um, certain districts and uh, pastors or congregations will have someone that will send a list of students that they desire for us to connect with, and that's always helpful. I would say that um, at one of our Concordias, uh, the default is that we're going to connect with these kids. So because you have daily worship and you've got Bible studies and you've got youth ministry teams and you've got um, mission trips. And I mean, it's just this plethora of the word going everywhere. And so it's helpful for us, but not as helpful as it is at one of the state schools. If, if, if your son or daughter is going to a state school, yes, find the campus ministry person there, the Lutheran chaplain or the, whoever the campus ministry person is, and tell them, call my kid, text my kid, can get my kid connected. Because if you're at a huge state school, you, you can get easily lost. Um, and I would add, especially in the first few weeks, uh, there's a lot that happens in the first few weeks where students already are trying to find their way and kind of finding their people. So um, yes, very helpful on, on a, a Christian campus like the Concordia Chicago, but even more helpful when they're at one of the state schools. Do you see any trends with, are, are the kit, and again, this may be slightly different being at a Concordia versus at a state school. Are you seeing the students that jump in to get involved with campus ministry were the students who tended to be active in their youth groups and in their churches back home? Or are you seeing any differences in, you know, them coming into campus and maybe they weren't very active, yeah. uh, but for some yeah. reason decided to get involved at the campus level. Yeah. I mean, a bit of both. I mean, the majority would be at least, especially on, you know, one of our Concordia campuses where we have a lot of church worker students, uh, they're the president of the youth group. Uh, 
their dad was the the teacher, uh, the, their mom was the principal, their dad's the pastor, something like that. And they're, so they're pretty involved. And so they tend to get involved uh, a lot on campus. But I would say that there is a surprisingly number of young people that um, college is a new life for them. Some of them did not have a great high school experience. Maybe they weren't super involved in their church, but like this is a new like that, you know, the scriptures say, behold, I make all things new. And so some of them say, like, this is going to be the new me. And so they're really actually quite open. Um, even students that don't come from a strong Christian or Lutheran background, they're they're really open to like, OK, this is this is my new life. And maybe I want God to be part of that. So I, I find that um, uh, we, we have a Thank, thank the Lord, we, we baptize young people and confirm young people. And sometimes it's because the newness also means like, um, has an opportunity for the spirit to work on their hearts. Now it's it's neat, the, the, the opportunities that you have to connect with these students um, when they do come onto campus. If I, I'm correct in that most of, you head up campus ministry, but many of the actual day-to-day specific programs? Are they student-led or are they directed with an assist from you? How does that, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, we, we very much uh, want it to be student-led campus ministry. And uh, there's two reasons for that. One is a part of our goal is to raise up Christian leaders. Uh, and so they need opportunities to, to grow and to fail and to succeed um, under the guidance, of course, and supervision of myself and Deaconess Betsy Dodgers. Um, and so we're, we're there to encourage them and to guide them and to supervise them, but we really try to make it their own ministry. So one is that one um, goal behind student-led ministry is that um, it's, uh, it's a chance to develop Christian leaders. Another reason why it's really helpful is um, it's more effective when you have students leading students. Um, there's just an energy to it. They get their friends, their teammates, uh, the people in their music ensemble involved. So um, that's more effective. The, the third reason that we we really use students a lot in campus ministry is that it's just the only way we could possibly function because of the, the volume and variety of things that have to be done. So we could not, we could not fully function as a ministry team without student involvement. Um, we have two full-time uh, staff that are dedicated to it and many dedicated professors and, and everything that are, uh, and staff people that are on board with the mission. But um, when you have 1,500 undergraduates coming from all different backgrounds, you really need to, uh, I guess the, the term is to empower your students. And, and we do that here. Are you seeing the students preferring certain types of volunteer activities, ministry activities over others, or do they spread out equally? Or what, what do you see them gravitating towards with the most energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the trends in, in ministry. I'm. It is interesting that there's some waxing and waning of ministry trends. That's partly dependent upon the student leaders. So if you have a, a young person that's particularly uh, charismatic or dynamic or popular or driven, there'll be a, a type of ministry that that person he or she will begin. And then there's a lot of, a lot of energy behind it and it becomes really large. And then when they graduate a few years later, um, that kind of gets 
shifts around. So there's there's some of that that happens. Um, that's why I do believe in campus ministry. It's important to have some structures in place so that there's some things you are doing every year, um, things you have to do every year. And then there's also some um, some room, some wiggle room for what the students are super excited about and what they want to be involved in. So that that's a balance. I would say some of the trends are um, in, in really good ways, uh, human uh, service, service to others. Uh, issues of justice in the world is a, a really wonderful trend with young people. Um, I mean, the word justice is a biblical word. <laughs> it occurs over 500 times in the Bible. So uh, Christians should not be afraid of the word justice. Um, God is a God of justice. So, But those type of issues are important for young people. Um, service. Um, of course, there's always the element of, of studying the word together. Um, but really, they just want to be together serving, together with their friends, serving other people. And that might look a little differently uh, depending on some of the trends that are happening on the campus. I know for many congregations that the post-confirmation high school years are one point where it's challenging to keep their high school students engaged um, but even more challenging than that is keeping those students connected after they've graduated high school and have gone off to college and then come back. What advice or what thoughts would you have for our pastors and our youth workers at the high school level to to work to keep these students you know, engaged and active as they're heading into college? So ideally that they'll come back. Yeah, I would say... Um, I have two things. One is stay connected and don't get discouraged. It's common that students feel a little disconnected at a certain age in their life from their home congregation. Um, I did that when I was young, and it's not that I didn't like the people at my congregation or wasn't thankful for them. It's just kind of the, the age that you're at. You're off doing other things. You're traveling the world. You're meeting new people. Um, you're off, you know, you're, you're having new uh, worship experiences at, at different, different churches. Um, so it's, it's normal. It happens. So don't just, dis don't get discouraged. It's not that uh, you don't, um, you haven't done your job as a congregation or anything. It's just a, a, a season in life that happens. I would say, do what you can to stay connected, make an effort. Um, even if they don't necessarily respond or you don't necessarily see them, believe me, they know. If, hey, my congregation sent me some cookies. Oh, wasn't that sweet? Is that a guarantee that, you know, uh, they're going to like be at church all summer? Not necessarily. Um, they might be at camp that summer or they might be traveling the world that summer. Um, or, hey, you know, my youth director sent me a text today. It was my birthday. That meant the world to me that she reached out to me. So those are my, my advice about that is stay connected. Uh, be, be programmatic about it. Here are all the birthdays. Who's going to send the text? Who's going to send the cookies? Um, have a, have a, a sending ceremony when they're about to graduate and go off to college and give them a blessing. Um, connect with them in the summer. Have coffee with them. Uh, they love to talk about themselves. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, tell me about what you're learning in college. Tell me how you've grown, how you changed as a person. Let them let them be a little self-indulgent in college because that's that's kind of the deal. So stay connected and don't get discouraged. My two words of advice. I think that's that's those are good words of wisdom because they are at an age where they're testing their their boundaries and their identity. Um, and to know that they have that support system back home in their faith community is so important. And I think it's, e and I think you're right. It's easy for us to get discouraged on this side. If we're not, you know, it, we don't see them every week. We may only think of them in passing if we see their parent or, you know, how's, how's your son or daughter doing? Um, but to keep everybody connected really is important. Yeah. Little, uh, even little things like sending a little, um, a bookmark that has Bible passages on it. Uh, it's finals week. Um, here's some cookies or some caffeine or, you know, something like that. Sending them a Starbucks gift card, just little things like that, that you might not always get a response back from them, but it, they do notice it. It means a lot to them. Well, I remember being in college and that, you know, when mail or those types of little notes arrived, you know, it is nice to remember that they haven't forgotten about you. What, when you think about college, you know, outreach um, at the college level and these different groups, what do you, what do you picture as being effective? Well, Elizabeth, the word of God, of course, we're going to start there, right? <laughs> I really, I garbled no, no, that question. Uh, so I mean, I just said that the word of the Lord endures forever. So we, we trust in the word and, and God's promises. Um, but we also are asked to work and to do and to um, be as effective as we can. So it's, it's a both hand. We, we trust the word does the work, but we also know that Jesus sends us to do his work as his representatives. Um, one kind of silly, easy answer is food. So feed them and they'll likely show up. <laughs> Good chance they'll show up. Um, another thing is food and friends. You know, so if there's a, if they get connected with a, with Christian friends, if they make a personal connection with somebody their age, um, especially early on, oh man, let me just tell you the first the first four weeks of college, it's when everybody gets into trouble too, right? So it's the, it's that downside, but it's also when those lifelong friendships uh, begin. I mean, some of them quite literally, they'll be in each other's weddings and at each other's funerals, you know, and it happens within those first few weeks, um, partly because of just, again, their brains when they're 18 years old. And the other thing would be also just, they're looking for it. They're, they're finding their place as a human being, but their place also socially in this, uh, in this new experience. Um, so I would say food <laughs> and friends, friends that they can connect with. And then of course, bringing the word to them and not to doubt that the word does actually have power. Um, not to be afraid of the word, not to be embarrassed by the word, uh, not to be cautious with the word, but, um, reckless in a sense, like the sower, sowing the seed. Right. right. Are there things that you wish our congregations would be doing in the years leading up to the college or even during college? Yeah, I have a couple thoughts about that. One would be um, some habits. So um, the habits that they develop when they're at high school and at home will continue hopefully in their college years. 
So those habits might be uh, daily scripture reading, daily devotion. Um, obviously, I would say that if they're in church on Sundays when they're at home and in high school, it's a better chance that they'll be in church on Sundays in college. At least if they're not in church, they'll feel guilty about it, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> that was me as a college student. I can admit that. Uh, so I think developing those habits when they're when they're young, and that will see them through uh, their college days. The other would be to, um, and this kind of depends again the difference between coming to a Concordia and going to one of the state schools. Um, sadly, uh, you know, there's an agenda out there in the world, and that is to tear down faith and to attack it. Um, and to, um, I mean, in, in some extreme cases, I mean, you're the enemy, you're the problem in the society. And uh, that's not the case, thank God, at our Concordias. Um, I mean, this is, these are places where our agendas are to build up the faith. And we, we work so hard at trying to do that in all the young people that God sends us. So, but I would say some, some maybe some basic apologetics or some some thoughts about how to defend your faith, or at least to not be um, so fragile in your faith that the first time a smart professor who's an atheist who disagrees with you, you know, your faith doesn't crumble, that you have some, some information. Uh, uh, of course, the word of God is that which sustains you, but some, some knowledge base, some, some filter through which you can say, all right, yeah, I've heard this before and taint necessarily so. Um, so those two things, establishing the habits in the young person uh, through high school and earlier, and some, some basic apologetics or some basic um, um, uh, intellectual capability to at least not be crushed by this anti-Christian message, which is everywhere out there. I had a chance to talk recently with one of our campus pastors for a local Lutheran high school here in town, and he was sharing that even at the Lutheran High School, the students are struggling with how do I live out my Christian faith when the world wants to tell me that I'm a bad person for a lot of what they perceive to be what we believe and that they were really struggling. The students were struggling with that actively. Of, and I think it goes to your point about they need to understand apologetics and how to think critically. Um, but when, when our young people who are heading into college are wrestling with thoughts like that when they're questioning what truth is, um, thanks to the modern culture around us, it it's a big task for our campus pastors and our educators and our church workers to, yeah. and parents, parents and families. We can't let um, us off the hook to equip our students f to really be grounded in their faith. Yeah. What's really attractive in, in a way to students at this age, and maybe this is even more important than the apologetics. Um, of course, nothing's more important than the word, but um, it would be to identify and find um, talented, smart Christian leaders and mentors at these universities. I mean, attractive, not in the f physical right. sense, but in the sense that they're, um, I mean, I could just talk about our our wonderful professors here that are PhD in English and writers and creative thinkers and have have degrees from excellent universities all over the world and yet they're in worship, yet they believe, uh, they're passionate about their faith, they're studying their faith. So connecting them with 
Christian mentors at these places that are um, an attractive example of what it means to live um, a Christian life, the Christian calling in an academic place. And there are examples at every university um, where you have, all right, this guy is real smart or this woman is incredibly talented and she's a Christian and she might not like debate all the time about it, but she's, she's in worship. So I think identifying those, those mentors and leaders at the universities can be very helpful. What advice do you have for students coming onto campuses or who might be on a campus now and haven't yet gotten involved? What, what would you encourage them to do in terms of taking steps in their faith? First thing they should do is they should read Callings for Life by Jeff Leininger, God's Plan Your Purpose. You can purchase that at cph.org. Anybody listening who has not read Callings for Life by Pastor Jeff Leininger should also go read that book. I mean, I'm kind of half joking, but I mean, we we do use this in our classes for all of our freshmen, uh, uh, and uh, we've we're uh, other high schools are using it and things for for that purpose. But um, more more um, another half uh, joking is uh, uh, go find your campus pastor. <laughs> your um, we have both at the Concordias, of course, we have full time staff, um, but then also at many of the state schools, well, there'll be a LCMSU representative. They want to hear from you. They want to feed you. They want to have you over for Thanksgiving. They will love you up and down for four years, but they can't if they don't know you exist. So just uh, for those students out there, if you're off to college or those uh, seniors in high school getting ready to go off to college, Pastor Jeff says, go find your campus ministry team and make them feed you. Food is always good for college students. Uh, okay, so as we wrap up now, what assignment do you have for our listeners who don't have college students? Maybe their students, are, their kids are younger. Maybe they've already graduated, but are still involved and can still help our college students. What task will you give them today? Start in your congregation a college support ministry. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be as simple as this. What are their birthdays? Send them a note. Or even better, a text or, you know, if you want to get complicated with some of the online stuff, you know, a Snapchat or something. Um, just do something small that lets them know that you you pray for them, you remember them, you want to stay connected to them. And that that will mean a huge amount to them, um, even if uh, you might not see them for regularly for a couple of years. And even if they will move off and go to a different place, you know, they'll remember that you remembered them. And so that that's my task is um, whoever you are, start, start a um, college student campus ministry outreach, whatever we're going to call it. We'll, we'll come up with some, some acronym or something, um, but do something to stay connected to those college students. And um, they, it will mean a lot to them. I'd say bonus points if you find out their favorite cookies and send those at some mm -hmm. time too. So, so listeners, there you have it. Find out who the college students are in your congregation and start thinking of those small ways that you can remember them and keep them connected because we, we need to take care of each other um, as the body of Christ. Pastor Jeff, it's always fun to chat with you. This is so much fun. Can we do this again sometime? We sure can. <laughs> what are we going to talk about next time? Let's go uh, 
My PhD is the English Reformation, so we can talk about Henry VIII and his six wives. Okay, we'll figure out a way to work we'll, that we'll, we'll dispatch of them as about as fast as he did. <laughs> so listeners, stay tuned for that. Pastor Jeff, thanks so much. And listeners, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Concordia Publishing House podcast. I pray that this time was valuable to your walk with Christ. We'd love to connect with listeners on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Concordia Pub. Visit cph.org for more resources to grow deeper in the gospel.